Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. Today's quote is from Henry David Thoreau. Live in each season as it passes. Breathe the air, drink the drink, taste the fruit, and resign yourself to the influence of the earth. Hey, Jim. Hello, Ryan. I mean, good eye. Good eye, it's Steve Irwin here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, crocky, crocky, mate! That stingray really pierced me right through me heart. It's too soon, still. I know what a great guy. I feel so bad for his family, but uh, he he really did a a great job emphasizing and illuminating how important wildlife is. Um, So, indeed, he opened many many of our eyes. Yeah. Um. So, how's it going, Jim? Absolutely terrible. Okay. Well, this episode is off to a great terribly show. awesome. <laughs> hey, <Hey-o. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a a long week. I feel like I've it had has. a lot of those lately. Um, you're in the throes of finishing up nursing school, and everything's been crazy otherwise so well we got another week down so right i guess we get to be thankful for that right um so today we are going to talk about bottle caps and how interesting the bottle caps are also Um, collecting bottle caps let's it's such a thrilling experience you know you just go out you know you root through some trash you hustle like you hassle people who are drinking out of glass bottles and um, regular soda bottles, and you you hustle them for their bottle caps. It's fun. I mean, that's what you got to do, right? Right. Got to got to make sure you're. Yeah, you got to get them bottle caps. <laughs> bottle caps. <laughs> uh, now, on a serious note, we are talking about nature and going outside and how that has impacted the development of our lives so jim what is your earliest and favorite exposure to being out in nature did you go fishing did you go hiking tell me tell me all all right well lucky for everyone this is going to be our four hour long episode special yeah so stay tuned. Don't don't step away from your devices. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Parts one, two, three, four, and five are all going to be in the same episode. Exactly. With an extended <laughs> bonus edition. Uncut. Uncut. Edition. <laughs> uh, earliest memories outside are from camping. I think my parents did a pretty good job of taking us out at a fairly young age. Uh, going camping just around the Midwest, Colorado, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Did some float trips, some hikes. I think the first one I remember is uh, Alley Springs in Arkansas. 
It's a beautiful spot. I've never been there. Crystal clear waters. Um, we were there in the fall, so all the leaves were on fire. No, they were actually on fire. We got caught in a forest fire. It was terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> It's too soon for that one. <laughs> too <Sure>. soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I have really a lot of fun memories from camping with my family, uh, and then later on with friends and coworkers. I don't know. I've got a lot of fun memories. I, I think one of my favorite smells, and it, it probably is attributed to my early experience. As a kid, one of my favorite smells, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this about me, Ryan, is the smell of a campfire, is wood smoke. I every time, don't doubt it. Every time I it hits my nostrils, it takes me back to my childhood, and it makes me, it also makes me think of tasty food. I really like smoked things. Yeah. But. That's awesome. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, that is, so that's good. I feel like it's it's definitely been a part of forming me as a as a person. I have I have uh, some really good basic survival skills out, out outside, with, thanks to those experiences. Probably yeah. couldn't live off the land. I'm I'm not uh, boasting to be a an eagle stout here, but. Um, so what are what are some uh, what are some things that you would do while you were camping that you enjoyed or were formative like activities um well ghost stories around the campfire is always awesome sometimes sometimes going camping uh bring a guitar um yeah just a guitar i was trying to think of other instruments that we brought but mini oh. <laughs> mini is barking um sorry about the difficulties my phone kept like ending the recording right when you joined it was really weird <laughs> blame it on your phone ryan yeah it was really dumb so where were we um you were telling me about ghost stories is one of the things that oh my gosh. you enjoyed telling so i think i kept talking not realizing we got disconnected for at least <laughs> two more minutes <laughs> Sorry. And then, and then I asked you a question, and I didn't hear anything. And then I was like, "All alone." And you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this episode solo." <laughs> solo. I'm doing solo. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what what did you say after that? I was just saying, like, uh, other fond memories I have of uh, camping it was like going hiking and canoeing and float trips and making s'mores over the fire cooking over the fire which is really fun by the way what did you cook chili and there's this there's this dish that my dad taught me when i was little called casualty eggs it's it's a dish that his grandfather and his grandfather fought in world war ii so i think that's where it originally came from that's the name casualty yeah uh where it's like you take a cast iron pan and stick it next to the fire and then you cook like bacon and throw in onions that when the bacon starts getting cooked and then you throw in potatoes and you take pull the bacon out so it doesn't get too overcooked and then you cook 
all of that. And then you add the bacon back with eggs and you can throw peppers and mushrooms in there too. And you just let it all get nice. And are these all like wild caught? Oh yeah, for sure. The bacon, (laughs) the bacon trees in Arkansas are fantastic. (laughs) Well, like on a, on a real level, do you just bring that stuff with you when you go camping? Yeah. yeah. Uh, It it was always a thing to, uh, of prepping it before we even left. So we like just had baggies full of the ingredients and the coolers with ice. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to like do a bunch of prep and stuff out there. You just put the toss a baggie in well obviously you empty a baggie and you don't toss the bag in. <laughs> just toss the whole bag in just, and uh, yeah the plastic just, and... yeah you just you just uh burn off the plastic it makes a really good uh texture it's on gmo yeah <laughs> completely That's organic cool. um, that sounds yeah. really good uh all of the ingredients sound phenomenal i still make it to this day when i go camping almost every time i go camping and does it have a unique flavor compared to like if you tried to make it at home? Yeah, uh, because making it in it and next to a campfire, uh, it just adds a well. The um, cast iron adds flavor to it, but the smokiness of the campfire and the flames. And I don't know. It's just something about cooking it out in nature. Yeah, it's a different. It's like the aesthetic of it. I would think. Right. That's cool. Um, but yeah, no, I have I have lots of fun memories. I think it form it like balanced me out in ways as a human, just like being out in nature. Like we would we would go camping like at least once a year, if not more. So where do you did did your dad or or mom ever tell you like where that tradition came from, or is that something that they just enjoyed growing up? Or um, did... I think it came mostly from my dad. My dad was a huge camper when he was in his like late teens and early twenties, um, and that was a thing he always did with his nephews. Is he would take them camping all around the U.S. Um, and then when he had oh, cool. kids, he was like, I'm going to keep this going. M- my mom naturally is not a camper. She's a, she's a, almost through she's and a through. Glamper. She's a glamper. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but she, you know, learned how to do it from my dad and enjoyed it. Cool. It was a good time. How about yourself? I, I feel like I'm just talking about my camping experience. No. Yeah. Well, I like to hear it. Um, I, so when we moved back from Arizona, when I was a little kid, we lived with my grandparents for quite a while, um, Mm -hmm. almost a few years. And they lived out on a ranch in the middle of southeastern rural Kansas. And we would go camping out by the creek. There was a creek that ran uh, like a mile away from where they lived. So we would just walk out there. Um, I, I remember crossing the cattle guards and everything. And we would ride in the back. Don't tell anyone. We would ride in the back of my grandpa's truck in the bed of the truck. <laughs> like just us, a bunch of kids would just ride in the back of his truck uh, <laughs> to get, which is not that far, but um, that's fun I though. Definitely don't think it was legal. Um, Probably we, not. then we would show up and um, I, I remember going really early with him to dig worms. And of course I was a little kid. I was like six, mm-hmm. seven years old. So I wasn't really much help. He'd give me a little shovel and we would dig worms and then we would go fishing later that day. And um, it was just really nice. One thing that I really appreciated about that experience was one, it kind of immersed me in, in nature. 
but it also <laughs> developed a lot of patience through that. I think that's one of the reasons why even to this day, I'm just in, I like to think most of the time I'm a fairly patient person was that exposure to being out in nature and not having a lot of distractions and things. And I would just go out there and we would, we would talk sometimes, but when I would go out and, and fish with my uncle and my grandpa, we would just sit there and just enjoy the the quiet and the stillness. And of course it was mm-hmm. exciting when you caught a fish. Uh, right. But yeah, we, we did a whole bunch of stuff. Camping agreed with you. I was never really a huge fan of the way my clothes and my body smelled after we camped because it just smelled like smoke and that drove me crazy. But I like the way that a campfire feels and the heat when you can feel it on your feet, like taking your boots off after you've been Mm waiting around in the water and um, yeah, doing s'mores. We, We wouldn't really do a whole lot of, we would basically just cook hot dogs. That was kind of the the main thing other than s'mores that we would do a couple mm-hmm. of people that that we would hang out with uh, a couple of my uncle's friends would bring other stuff they would do stuff in cast iron but most of the time we just hot dogs and s'mores. that was pretty much it yeah s'mores and hot Simple. dogs i was drinking beer um at like eight years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude. Root, beer. Uh, yeah, beer. root beer yeah um but yeah totally agree with you about it it definitely contributed to my appreciation of just nature and respect for animals and wildlife and yeah that it's uh everything kind of serves a purpose you know that there are animals out there that are food for other animals and all that kind of stuff and it it was just a really cool Circle way of life to, to live uh, as a young kid. And I, I think it was a really rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially like in the current climate that we live in now, where we're socially distanced or we, or some of us don't really spend as much time out and about like uh, it is so therapeutic to get out into nature and to walk and like i mean even if you're just going to a park taking your dog for a walk it just feels uh somewhat just relaxing and stress relieving get that vitamin d mm-hmm. that's actually like it's a biological fact that you just aren't as healthy and don't have as much energy when you're deficient in vitamin d so sunlight is good for you. That's especially, something that, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially when you're sitting on a beach for six hours with no sunscreen, <laughs> it's really right. good for you. It's really good for you. You just yeah, get in the sun. You get nice and well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, to comment on what you were saying about like not being as healthy and having as much energy. That's one thing that I was listening to an epidemiologist about COVID and they said mm-hmm. that um, supplementing vitamin D in your diet could also, of course, it, you, it's difficult to measure how effective it would be, but if you have a better immune system, it will be better at fighting off illness. And uh, they said that vitamin D could be one of the weapons in the arsenal to fight COVID um, because people aren't getting outside as much and people aren't 
exposing themselves to natural sources of vitamin D. So supplementing um, could be a way to help with that. Agreed. thought that was kind of cool. Uh, <clears throat> the color green is naturally calming to us. Like uh, processing like large amounts of green is is calming. So being out in nature and in the forests, the fields, like being out in greenery also um and from yeah piles of money i often i'll just sit in the basement <laughs> and surround myself with piles of money and i'm like this is calming <laughs> yeah i know i sit in the basement around my piles of money popping vitamin d pills <laughs> feeling <laughs> high on life it's the best uh, of course it's monopoly money it's not real right money, but, um yeah, so and placebo pills. Yeah, but no, um, I think it's uh, super important to experience the outside, not just for like the excitement of going to see new places like um, Yosemite or Redwood National Forest or Yellowstone, uh, but it's also you know, you, you, to see those things in person is so special. Like seeing photographs of awesome vistas and really cool natural monuments, it, it's nice, but you, do, you don't really get a full appreciation for it until you've been there, seen it, done that. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to any uh, big national parks? I've been to um, Rocky Mountain, but that's the only one that I've been to. I mean, Rocky Mountain is beautiful. It the, is, yeah. That, I mean, Colorado. It's in Colorado, right? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, it's Colorado in summertime is is a beautiful place full of awesome hiking, and uh, there's actually a lot of really cool lakes in in Colorado too. That I mean, they're not like the Midwestern lakes where everyone goes to like go skiing and wakeboarding and stuff. But, but there's some cool lakes in uh, Colorado that are pretty cool to like camp near. A lot of mountain lakes. Mm -hmm. Fresh. Clean. What about you? Have you been to any national parks? Yeah. So I've been to Yosemite. I've been to Sequoia national park. I've been to great basin national park. Uh, these are all in California. Oh, cool! I've been, to the, I've been to the Grand Canyon. I've been to uh, several national parks in Colorado. I actually can't recall the names of them. Um, Garden of the Gods is one of them. Garden really of the cool. Gods is really cool. Yeah, just the awesome rock formations. Yeah. Um, I've been. I mean, the Ozarks. There's so many. I've done so much camping in the Ozarks and. The Ozarks in Missouri aren't the same as the Ozarks down in Oklahoma, but there's so many beautiful spots along the, I mean, technically it's a mountain range, it's tails, but um, so many really cool rivers and forests in that, in that part of the country. Uh, I've been to, there's this place in Florida. It's called uh, Wakulla Springs. Okay. And it's this, it's this national, well, I think it's actually a state park. I, 
technically. Uh, it's this really cool park where this river, not stream, this entire river comes out of the ground, out of this massive cave. And there's a huge like, swimming area near it. I mean, you can't swim right over it because it goes down like 300 feet. Uh, it just, and then there's, there's like, uh, alligators. Uh, I saw manatees when I was there. They, they oh. usually swim up from, uh, the Gulf. That's awesome. To McCullough Springs. And yeah, it was wild. Like you can see the water like welling out of the ground and then just flowing down huge, massive river flowing down huh. the ocean. That's uh, really neat. Yeah, and then, uh, I've gone to a couple of nature places in uh, Europe. Uh, I climbed a mountain in Norway. Uh, it was called... Oh, How dare Lord. you? How dare I? Actually, I <laughs> technically broke the law. Don't come and find me. Uh, <laughs> National Norwegian police. But uh, you're not allowed to take uh, like rocks from the mountain. Because it's a pretty big place. It's one of the tallest mountains in Norway. And it's very popular to hike. And there's a big pile of stones on top of the mountain. And I took the very top rock off of the big pile of stones. And I said, I brought it home and was just like, hey, I brought the top of Norway with me. <laughs> I still have that to this day. It's a nice little memento of that trip. That's awesome. Um but yeah, no, I it, and I have a huge desire to do more traveling. I really want to go to Africa. I really want to go to you want to do Kilimanjaro, Central America. I would. Oh, I mean, maybe. I'm not actually a huge mountain climber. I do like rock climbing, but um, I don't. I'm not interested in getting into too too like in, intensive. Of climbing like K2 or Everest or stuff like that. You don't want to do any sort of like free basing or any of that? Um, <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, free okay. basing seems chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact my brother's actually done that. He's crazy. That would freak me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's tough for me to even be on a, like, a bridge that's secure, so, that's really high up. Right. So, like, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, like, freebasing is where you, or base jumping, is where you just have a little glider. You have little glider flappers in between your arms and your body, and you jump off of a really tall surface, like a mountain or a bridge or a tower or whatever, and you just glide to the ground and hope you don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. You have a very short window of opportunity. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't really have any desire actually to do that. Maybe skydive. That's on my list, but yeah, but not base jump. Uh, and I've actually whitewater rafted before, which is really fun. I did that in Colorado. Were the rapids pretty rough? They were actually, they, uh, so the guy, our guide, you know, he said he's, he's done a lot of rivers around the world and he said that this was like a category four or something it was like it was pretty intense uh it's the it's the river that goes underneath the royal gorge bridge actually oh okay um so it 
I mean, it got intense a couple of times, like pretty intense, but uh, yeah, I don't think it was really that bad. I think he was just trying to hype it up for us. He's trying to make you feel um, edgy. Yes. <laughs> um, how about yourself? Yeah, I yeah, I, I haven't really been to a ton of national parks. Or are, you, or are you asking about the climbing or? Well, like other things, like out in nature, not just national parks. Like oh, kind of yeah. diverged. Um. Well, I I also enjoy hiking. Uh, have not done a ton of it lately, but I've done quite a bit of hiking in Colorado, and I did in Arizona when I lived there because there are mm-hmm. some mountains there. Ironically, I have not been to the Grand Canyon, and I lived in Arizona, which is pretty sad. But I was also a little kid when I was there, right? So I didn't really have a whole lot of options to drive there myself. And I think my family went there one time while we lived there, and they, I think they asked if I wanted to go, and I was doing something. I was hanging out with friends or something, and I was like, "No, you know, friends sounds way cooler than seeing some weird gorge somewhere." Um, Right, just some rocks, mom. But alone. now I'm like, damn, I should have gone. But it's not too late. So I think yeah. Catherine and I could make a trip and see it. Do, your, do yourselves a favor and stay on the Grand Canyon. Uh, there's a okay. lot of different like hotels or I guess lodges. That's a better way of calling them. They're not like all-inclusive hotels, but lodges around the canyon. And uh, when we went, uh, actually my grandmother took us. And she put us up in a like a suite where we could look out over the canyon from our window. Oh wow! It was so cool. But waking up in the early early morning, like right when the right, right before the sun rises, and you watch the sun rise over the canyon, it is it's powerful. That sounds pretty gorgeous. It is. It's gorge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just, I mean, what is it about the outdoors that is just so attracting to us? Maybe because we spent much of our history in the outdoors, we're very so we consider ourselves very much a part of it. I think like we switching also gears on you. Yeah, feel feel pretty connected to nature in general because I mean, like you just said, there's it provided food. And still does. I mean, we still, regardless of how industrial our society has become, we're still reliant on plants and animals to live. Like that, that's where we get our sustenance. That's where we mm-hmm. um, are able to build things. I mean, we have to cut trees down to build uh, homes and all sorts of other things, um, furniture. So I think it's, right. it, it's funny and it, like, I guess I haven't really thought about it until now, but I mean, we're like constantly I, surrounded by nature, even inside because we're surrounded mm-hmm. by wood unless you have a, a metal or brick home. Um, you're you've got wood. You, even you the... got wood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I came um, out wrong. But... <laughs> it's okay. Uh, um, no, I, I kind of, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I, we used to be hunter-gatherers. We used to completely depend on our natural world, just how things happened for our, everything that we had and needed. 
to stay alive. Obviously, we have manipulated nature and harnessed it and done things to it that maybe are not, not that great. Um, like deforestation and monoculture for crops and yeah. polluting the water supply and overhunting and overfishing and you know, given about 50 years, we're probably going to turn this earth into a burning cinder of dust, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just the pessimist inside me, but uh, but yeah, it, I we've always been very connected to nature and so it's such a it's like a, such a special event when we go experience it with our eyes and hands and ears. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I try to, as much as I can, even just getting outside every day, go on a walk or do something along those lines to yeah. be out in nature, get some fresh air. Nature at home. Yeah. Nature in your neighborhood, in your naturehood. In your naturehood. Dogs <laughs> I like, like that. that. They do. Yeah. Despite what the uh, the dogs on the the alt right will tell you is they do like going on walks. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid of me to try and make a political joke about dogs enjoying going on walks. So dogs dogs don't have time for politics. They have way yeah. more important things to worry about. But like Jim, did you, did you see what I did there? Politics. I I did. <laughs> that was that was very uh, discreet and well, punny. It's also not as easy if you can't see it spelled. So true. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's yeah. That's I think that might be a good place for us to take a little break, and then we'll come back with the be kind. And we'll does that sound like workable situation for you? Uh, yeah, that works for me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. We'll be back in a bit. Jimbo. Ryan, it's Welcome time back. to be kind. Gotta be kind. Gotta be kind. <laughs> hug some trees. Yeah, hug some trees. Make sure that you're not getting splinters from the trees. And then, did you hear about the the tree that uh, turned out to be a dog? Uh, no, I, I, I haven't. Kept barking at all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Sounds, uh, <laughs> I feel like he would urinate on himself a lot that well sounds... yeah that's what sap is <laughs> uh, oh Ryan we're idiots I love it yeah, yeah but that's why we're friends uh, exactly. <laughs> so our be kind Jim I have kind of an interesting thing but I'd love to hear your be kind I think it'd be kind of cool for us to do a double be kind this episode and if you have anything that you want to add there's a technique that I read about a while ago and it's actually for grounding it's a grounding technique for someone that's having a, a panic attack or anxiety mm-hmm. attack but I feel like it's 
translatable to nature and experiencing nature. So it's called the five, four, three, two, one. Have you ever heard of it? I think so. Like I, I actually, I've heard some things about grounding, but I'm not like super versed on it. So it's basically um, the first step that you do is you find five things that you can see. So it's all associated with your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, it's kind of like I spy the first one. Uh, the second one is to focus on four things that you can feel. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can feel like you're outside and translating this to nature, like you can feel wind or you can feel the leaves crunch beneath your feet, that kind of thing. Um, the third step is to name three things or to think about three things that you can hear. So if you're outside, you know, you can hear birds chirping or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, someone riding their bike on a trail, something like that. Uh, the fourth or step car is horns. To, right, or car horns if you're in a, an urban nature area. An ur- urban jungle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the fourth step is to do notice two things that you can smell. Um, and if you can't smell anything... Uh, because you have allergies or something along those lines, um, then you can just name a few that you like, um, something along those lines. Um, and then finally, you want to focus on one thing that you can taste. Um, and if you can't taste anything, then you can choose a taste that you like. So this is, a, I think this would be kind of a cool exercise. I've actually done this exercise and try to do it in new environments that I'm in mm-hmm. just to... Uh, be more mindful of what's going on around me. I don't do it everywhere I go all the time, but I try to do it as much as I can. Um, so hopefully that'll be helpful. And, and like I said, this is, this is classified as kind of a grounding technique to help you recover from feeling scared or overwhelmed by things. But I feel like the, the technique could be used to help you appreciate nature more right. and to, to be, be more, more present with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you have anything to add or thoughts? Um, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to put one out here for the dogs. I'm going to be a uh, um the dog spokesman. I like that. And allowing like taking your dog out for a walk not just in the neighborhood but going to a local park. And just walking the trails, um, it's one of Rosie's, my dog's favorite things to do, uh, especially if you bring a ball. Trails oh. with balls is the best thing ever. And it's, it's just, I mean, I, I actually went recently uh, out to Clinton Lake. Uh, I don't know, I think it's a state park, technically. There's a lot of land around the, the lake that you can hike on a lot of trails and I took her on them and it's just a beautiful fall day. So relaxing. I, it was, it was kind of like a grounding experience. So many smells were in the air, so many visual sights with fall. The wind was cool and crisp and clear and it was good for my dog. It was really good for me. And I, I would, I would suggest others do the same. Cause that's great advice. Because it's good for the health of our dogs. It's good for our our health, and get to see a lot, 
some beautiful things. I've actually I've actually yeah. taken Rosie camping too, and she is a camp dog. She loves everything about being out in nature and squirrels. She likes and squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's that was recommendation. You're welcome and a good reminder. All right. Well, um, Jim has got the best recommendation that anyone ever throughout history has ever thought of. And we will be right back with that recommendation. Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, a forever... uh, duality like conflict between squirrels and dogs i wonder how that originated they must have like hunted them or something i don't know right squirrels always have taunted the probably the old the wolves of the of the world before they were (laughs) domesticated and and the the wolves you know used to eat the squirrels because they were infuriating and tasted probably good. I don't know what squirrel tastes like, but wolves probably liked them. And it's and it's a struggle that has remained uh, very real to this very day. Um, yeah. But so to I guess to get on a recommendation. So I I, I thought of you doing the that campfire eggs recipe, that casualty eggs recipe that. Um, my dad you know gave me and you know I modified but I feel like I I pretty much described it in all of its detail in the episode I kind of I kind of ruined that for me (laughs) well for all of us (laughs) uh and so I I figured I had I had a backup just in case uh another one that I've been thinking about and I feel like it fits in a very odd way because it is something that you, you that makes you motivated to go out and walk because you feel like a fat piece of lard when you eat it <laughs> <laughs> it's called you have my curiosity piece <laughs> it's called quattro fromage oh, which okay. essentially is just fancy mac and cheese Oh, that um, really tasty. And there is a, a recipe I will link. It's uh, a video. Um, I think it's really well done. It's an Italian chef, Gino. God, I don't even know Gino's last name, but he's like a famous Italian celebrity chef. Uh, it's a really good video. I have like a modified version of that. Same principle, though. Um, where you you start off with heavy uh, cream, and then four different cheeses. What? Yeah. Uh, so, it, traditionally, it is like pecorino, which is like an Italian sheep's cheese. Um, Parmesan, uh, mozzarella, and then like fontina or something. But I I like to do. I think the cheeses that go best together uh, is uh, white cheddar, smoked gouda, 
Aguda is good. We actually picked some of that up today. Ooh, Aguda. Aguda. Um, some Parmesan, like some real like Parmesan that you have to shave or grate, like the good, like Parmesan Reggiano. Parmesan Reggiano, like the good stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna name my firstborn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Parmigiano, and then I'm gonna name the other one Parmesan Reggiano. 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 And uh, and then some Asiago, which is Ooh. I think it adds some nice nuttiness to it. But uh, you you cut them up into little cubes. You warm the the cream. You can actually add a little milk too if you want, like a like a thinner cheese sauce instead of just using heavy cream. Uh, you heat it up on medium low until you get it nice and hot, and then you bring it down to low. You do not Whoa. want to scorch the milk or melt the cheese too fast. You're just going to cube up all the cheeses and put it into the pot and slow stir it, letting it slowly melt and incorporate into the, the cream and milk. Uh, and then you can add salt, pepper, like herbs to taste however you whatever fits your fancy I like to put a little garlic powder in there too because I'm a fiend and uh, and then you obviously you cook your noodle of choice while while you're making the sauce because the sauce requires some patience if you do it too fast you'll separate the milk fats or 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 you'll scorch the the milk and and it'll it'll have a nasty taste Uh, but it's with patience and about the about the same time that your noodles are getting done, depending on what you're going for, your sauce should be getting fairly close too. And when you have that nice, creamy, thick, goopy sauce, you strain your noodles. Something I like to do before I add everything is I like to olive oil. Put olive oil in in the noodles with salt, pepper. Uh, garlic, rosemary, thyme, like I just herb out and season out the noodles, and then I add the sauce because you 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 don't lose any flavor that way because noodles are very bland naturally, and so when you season them before you combine them, kind of makes up for that, and you just mix everything together, get it all nice and incorporated my I think my favorite noodle to use with this is uh, a penne but I mean shells or possibly nice. yeah yeah it, may, it has a nice beautiful holes that really take on the cheese uh, but I mean obviously macaroni uh, shells rotini uh, or a chiata. yeah or uh, Shabbat Samizgitsi, or Naurit Madejusi, or Reggiano. Or Parmigiano. Talking about cheese. Uh, and you can top it with anything. I mean, you just let your imagination go wild. But Or you can just eat it as is, which is, I think, a wonderful way to enjoy it, because you, you just get to enjoy the cheese if you're a cheese person and it is the best i'll say it mac and cheese that you can ever eat it does sound decadent it is wild you pair it with like extremely tasty pair it with like a nice crisp 
like uh, uh, Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio and yeah and you're gonna feel like a hot tub of lard and you're gonna wanna you're gonna <laughs> you know let the depression get to you that much you're gonna wanna go outside and see things or you'll just continue to sit on the couch and, and eat, watch and eat, videos and finish the rest of the wine and, and just eat the entire batch of quattro formaggi and, <laughs> and and let the tears put you to sleep I no I, I love the recommendation that sounds awesome and Catherine and I love mac and cheese so we oh my god and and get weird with it or crazy like uh I've had truffle to it before and that's wild I've added like basil and and cherry tomatoes with like a balsamic like reduction on top of it I've added chicken I've added shrimp like it's it you can just like use the the quattro formaggi as a base and you just go to town with whatever else you want to put on there but lord it is good if you like cheese sweet jesus yeah. should be criminal sorry if you're lactose intolerant and even if you are <laughs> get that lactose lactase pill this is worth it it's worth the risk it may not be worth it for the people around awesome. you but <laughs> it's worth it <laughs> awesome all right. Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll make sure we link to that in the episode notes. And thank you all for listening and hope you all enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy your weekend. And Jim and I will be back next week with another episode. Right. Don't forget about enjoying nature and, and then uh, eating yourself into depression. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd oh, love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget, we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at ExpandMind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, and then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, expand your mind and be kind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have, and uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>